In this episode of The Fool Nerd, Ampere and Heartbreak from AMD and Alienware. Welcome to Full Nerd, episode 139. I'm your host, Gord Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Elaine Yee is also here. Hi, everybody. And Adam Patrick Murray is controlling the horizontal and vertical on the all almost heartbreak Friday episode. Of you, yeah. you know what didn't break my heart? Uh, Halo 2 coming out this week. Uh, we played it with, with Willis the other day. Elena was there. Danis uh, really liked the stream. We're, we're definitely going to continue it. I was there, but I was not playing. <laughs> yeah, you were not playing. Yeah. Uh, Halo 2. I'm so excited. It's a PC game now, you. Gordon. It's a PC game. So you should I try just it. I just don't, I just never, I guess I just never, it just never worked for me. I just never got it, you know, because I think it was sort of that hype of, of Halo. I'm sorry. You can just say it's because it was on a console. It's fine. You could say it. Well, originally. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just, I guess for coming as a Battlefield player, it was like, what is so exciting about this? But, you know, because 64, cool. 64 player vehicle combat. We had that since like, I don't know, 2002 <laughs> or something like that. So I don't know. But I think what's more exciting to me, Adam, is finally it's here. Amp here, seven nanometer, I think, Brad. Indeed, seven nanometer. Uh, so, yeah, yesterday was NVIDIA's on again, off again, on again. GTC 2020 keynote finally. Uh, they told us to get AMP for it, and now we know why. It's because they finally announced the long-expected Ampere GPU architecture, and it pretty much went as expected. Uh, they didn't really talk about consumer versions much. It was solely focused on architecture details and the data center version of it uh, in the form of a GPU called A100 and a DGX A100 system that costs $200,000. They didn't give us a lot of details that translate directly over to what we're looking for in consumer graphics cards. Uh, so they, they got into clock speeds. It's, it's a little bit slower than Volta was. doesn't really tell us much about what a consumer chip will be because this chip is massive. It's 826 millimeter square die, which just for reference, that's, that's freaking huge. Uh, it has 6,912 CUDA cores, uh, which for reference, the 2080 Ti has just over 4,000. So it's just a massive amount of stuff in here. Uh, they also... The A100 doesn't have any RT cores in it, so it doesn't support ray tracing, which obviously we're going to have in consumers' chips. Uh, so it's kind of hard to draw parallels there. To the two big things we're looking at, traditional speeds and performance and ray tracing, A100 doesn't give us a good glimpse of that. But the announcements do give us some information, uh, just at a high level. Uh, yes, it indeed jumps to 7 nanometer process technology. Which, if you look back uh, to Navi, the Radeon Navi cards that just released over the past year, the first ones to jump to 7 nanometer, and they were the cards that finally allowed AMD to finally draw even with uh, GeForce and power and efficiency, power efficiency, both performance and power efficiency. So now NVIDIA is making that jump from 12 nanometer to 7 nanometer, so expect good things there. Especially if you go back and look back when they jumped 
NVIDIA jumped from 28 nanometer to 14 nanometer, 16 nanometer, I forget, uh, to the GTX 10 series. It was a huge jump forward from the GTX 9 series the last time I made a processor jump. So, yes, 7 nanometers confirmed. It's going to mean good things. They also confirmed, not during the presentation, but in an interview with reporters, that Ampere will indeed be the backbone of consumer GeForce cards, too. So, last generations, uh, Volta and Turing were shared a lot of the same underlying, you know, details, but they were two different architectures, one for data center, one for consumers. But Jensen came out and said, hey, you know, this is all going to be running Ampere. We're streamlining our lineup. It'll all be running Ampere. So this is definitely going to be what's inside the next Gen G Force cards, which is, you know, may seem like a minor point, but it's good to know because that never happened with Volta. Even though we assumed it would, it didn't happen. But I'm a little confused. So there's no actual... Uh, ray tracing cores, hardware that is in the data center part, because I guess yep. they don't need it. Is it somewhat of a modular part? I mean, it's not like people sort of like when they saw Volta, they saw Turing, and now we have basically one architecture for both. That doesn't mean you're going to be getting the data center part in a high-end, you know, theoretical 3080 Ti, right? It just simply means the architecture is the same. The architecture will be the same. Uh, there will be differences. Uh, Jensen said there's going to be good overlap in the architecture, but the specific configurations will be different, which makes sense. Uh, another thing that these chips squeeze in is advanced third-generation tensor cores, which even though there are fewer tensor cores inside of these chips, NVIDIA says they're up to 2.5 times faster than the previous gen, which had more cores. So that's a good sign for... GeForce cards as well, because one, Tensor Cores run DLSS 2.0 and presumably someday DLSS 3.0. And the more efficient that they are, the better that'll be. And crucially, they also run denoising for ray tracing. So ray tracing, as it happens, you know, introduces a lot of grain to the pictures. And so NVIDIA's Tensor Cores come in at the back end and use AI smarts to clean all that mess up. So the fact that these ones are so much more efficient suggests that the next-gen GeForce cards could stick to the same amount of tensor cores or even fewer tensor cores and still have use that extra die space provided by the jump to 7 nanometer to load up with more shader cores or RT cores. So that's a good thing, even though people are like, oh, who cares about this AI stuff? It actually does make a big difference to what to expect. Do you have any feeling on the memory subsystem yet? GDDR6, or are we going to go full on HBM2 uh, this time? I would expect GDDR6. This card has HBM2, like 40 gigabytes, I think it is, some ridiculous amount. But they're not going to put that investment into consumer cards. GDDR6 just does fine. Uh, There's probably going to be a lot more cores because... The last-gen Volta Tesla V100 has 5,120 CUDA cores into its 815-millimeter die. This one, like I said, has 7,000 almost CUDA cores in about the same space. So they're fitting a lot more into that space because the nodes are smaller. So that's also going to play out on the consumer side. Uh, one thing that is of particular interest to us in the PC space is that NVIDIA didn't announce it with the DGX A100 system because that's for data centers, but Supermicro also released a system that has the Ampere A100 in it. And they specifically said, hey, we support PCIe 4.0. 
So these are going to be PCIe 4.0 parts to the extent that the DGX A100 that NVIDIA is rolling out with doesn't include Intel. It includes AMD's Epic processors because AMD supports PCI 4. Intel does not. So that's real interesting for us because especially in multi-GPU systems, I would say, where the PCIe lanes get split up kind of, so you're using X8. Um, you could start to see a little bit of a performance downgrade with the 2080 Ti already. Tech Power Up did a great article, you know, dissecting all that. You can see already with the 2080 Ti and multi-GPU or moving it to an X8 slot, uh, performance hit of 3% or so. And so if the 20, if the 3080 Ti or whatever it's going to wind up being called is indeed, you know, 30, 40% faster than the 2080 Ti, I mean, that could really start to hurt in PCIe 3. So this supports PCIe 4. So if you're going to have a multi-GPU system or you're going to, theoretically, if you put it into a motherboard, a cheaper motherboard that only has an X8 PCIe slot, but I don't think you would do that with a $1,200 GPU. Yeah, <laughs> but no, you uh, wouldn't normally do that. So it puts it in an interesting situation like NVIDIA itself was in, right? Because theoretically for gaming, Intel tends to be faster, right? Intel, the single core clock speeds... It just, it's still, the Ryzen has narrowed the margins very much, and it's its not anywhere near as big as it was before. But Intel, if you want to say, hey, it's the fastest gaming processor, Intel's still the one you want to buy. Right. Uh, not necessarily value, just pure numbers. But they don't support PCIe 4.0. So if you're looking to get a, you know, a big ball-and-ass NVIDIA 3080 Ti system with multiple graphics cards in it, you're going to have to make a choice. Do I want the fastest processor available to power this, or do I want to get an AMD Ryzen chip because they support PCIe 4.0 so I can put two of these in a system and it won't nerf it as hard as the PCIe 3. That's not definite, but that's looking like that could very much be the case when these roll out. Brad, are you actually endorsing SLI, (laughs) multi-GPU gaming support then? Because I've been hearing the opposite of that. I never endorse SLI. That doesn't stop people with a lot of money from buying it, however. Yeah, especially okay. with these kinds of cards. Like, if people do get SLI, it tends to be the high end cards. So it'll matter specific, especially for this specific high end system. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, definitely because SLI is. I, I will tell you, somebody's going to go out and buy a nine thousand dollar gaming system from any of the boutique vendors. You want SLI because it's cool. You know, mm-hmm. you can afford a ten thousand dollar system, and two video cards is is better than one because there's two. So, <laughs> even if no games actually support them anymore very well. So, yeah. Uh, well, real so quick. That's about the that's about the extent of what Nvidia revealed that matters to us as PC gamers. It's previous reveals of the architecture of GTC has given us a little bit more. This one didn't give us a terrible lot, but it gave us enough to be interesting. I think. Okay. Real, real quick. Uh, we did get some super chats. Uh, everybody in the chat, cool. give, uh, give, put their hands together for Eska Monster. Gave us uh, twenty Danish crones. I think <laughs> it says greetings, salutations. Thank you. Uh, hey, Eska Monster. Ziv gave us uh, five U.S. dollars. I know what that is. Uh, hands together for his Ziv. <laughs> Do you? Uh, yeah, and uh, he said uh, that they wanted cake from Jensen. You know, pulling it out of the. The tray. Uh, and then, did you see that dude's backsplash? That marble backdrop. That you could tell he's the CEO of Nvidia, man. Yeah, that was, that was ornate <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then Blue Kid gave us ten U.S. dollars. 
definitely thank you uh from blue kitty said for the haircut fund uh and asked the question uh when do you think we will hear about gaming cards from both of these teams uh how, how long after this you know uh data center stuff do they usually then reference the gaming stuff brad um i wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing about or maybe even seeing nvidia cards like august september like as we start to get towards the fall I would ex- wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't necessarily say expect to hear about Big Navi from AMD sooner because they have, in recent memory, a tendency to like get the hype train going. So I wouldn't be surprised if they start talking about it like at E3 or something like that. And but also the release, I would expect to see further towards the fall, just because they'll be looking to get them out before the consoles and give as much space as possible for the economy to recover so people have money to spend on luxury items like high-end graphics cards. Cool. That'd be my guess. Okay, yeah. I dig yeah, it. I think that that was my, my, my guess too, right? Just simply random guess that I made. Because <laughs> NVIDIA loves to just dump on, on AMD in consoles, so I think it, it feels like that would be a good time for it. I do have a question. Judging, though, judging, judging, before you jump into that, judging by the last few high-end NVIDIA releases, I would expect NVIDIA's card to launch one week before its AMD rival and be about 5% faster for the same amount of money. Because <laughs> NVIDIA is just ruthless. Yeah, yeah. Sounds they like definitely, the that's, that's the playbook of dumping on your competitor. I, I do wonder, th- there have been some sort of crazy rumors as far as ray tracing performance and they just keep leaking or keep coming out. I don't know if it's just somebody making it up on the internet or what, but I mean like four times performance or something or three times performance of current ray tracing performance. Yeah, that's the rumor. Uh, I think it's coming mostly from Morzal's Dead YouTube channel, which has been breaking a lot of uh, Ampere leaks recently. Uh, they don't have a strong track record for breaking graphics card news. So definitely, you know, bring your salt shakers, grains of salt. Uh, but yeah, they're saying, you know, ray tracing could be up to four times faster than what's in the current RTX series, which would be great. Uh, and they've had two years to make these cores even more efficient. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Uh, during the keynote, Jensen did show off a couple different ray tracing demos. And... Now that AMD's big Navi stuff is coming out with ray tracing because it's based on RDNA2 architecture that supports ray tracing, and also the consoles are coming out with ray tracing, I would not be surprised if NVIDIA comes out and just, like, tries to remind everybody that they're the ones who put ray tracing on the map with this generation. It's So I don't necessarily, uh, like, full-throatedly endorse the validity of that leak because that that person doesn't have a proven track record, but I could definitely see it happening. Uh, yeah, question from mean, the chat real quick. Uh, Dennis is asking, uh, what are the chances that the uh, reference card is going to have three fans? <laughs> I doubt it, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, that would be... I don't know if that would be ideal because you then you go... Cause the fans are probably about as large as is the keep out space on the. If you actually went to three, the diameters get smaller. So, yep. RPM they gotta give something. a lot of a Nvidia partners were not super happy with the move to axial designs anyway. Uh, it makes sense 
from the way NVIDIA spins it that most people just stick these in a system, a standard system, you know, has one graphics card, et cetera, et cetera. It's not small form factor. Most people just prefer these kinds of things, which is true. But the switch to the dual axial cooler meant that you didn't see a lot of performance variation from the Founders Edition cards to a lot of the uh, custom cards. And NVIDIA has to give its partners some room to breathe. You need to give them something to stand out from the crowd. So I would be actually shocked if it wound up being a three-fan reference design. Although, you know, it's it's it, recently Alienware came out with a new desktop and it had a, a a cooler I hadn't seen before. It's actually a brand new Asetek design. It's it's called the Rad Card, and essentially you take your GPU, and for the water cooler, water cooled GPUs are not new. Of course, you typically have a radiator that gets mounted somewhere in the case, and for the Rad Card, there's like, well, you don't may not have space for that because your CPU might have its own cooler in a spot where you'd want to use. So for the Rad Card, the radiator and the air is in another GPU-shaped space card that gets mounted below or, I suppose, above it. And huh. then, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I was going to do a story on it. I haven't had a chance to really dig into it because I've been so busy. But I, that's kind of a neat way to do, you know, water cooling, especially since you don't, you don't have, you know, you really, most people don't run more than one GPU anymore. So Yeah, that's cool. That's SLI I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it looks cool. I don't yeah. know if it has RGB or not, though. I'm sure it does. <laughs> so basically a 3060, it's entirely possible. Uh, if it's called the 3060 RTX 3060, it might be as fast as a 2080 Ti then? Uh, in ray tracing? In ray tracing, I would not be surprised if that happened. I would be surprised if it happened in traditional rendering performance. But in ray tracing, I would not be surprised if... A 3060 matches what a 2088 Ti can do now. I wouldn't be wow. surprised if it does even more. Okay. I mean, this is what they've been... They changed from GTX to RTX because they fully believe in ray tracing. So I think they're just going to, you know, push that advantage as much as they can. Okay. So it sounds like you've gotten actually a little more positive because I think last time you were saying, uh, maybe 3080. But if it's really Ti level of ray tracing, that'd be... That, that sounds like a game changer to me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't want to I don't want to, you know, yeah, get, know. get too crazy out there. But Kinda I wouldn't be surprised up. either way. I wouldn't be surprised either way. It's been 2 years. I mean, it's been a year and a half since the 20 series came out, and it's been 3 years since Volta came out with RT cores and stuff. So they've had a lot of time to make these things better and more efficient. And they're going to want to, you know, put the gauntlet down with Nvidia uh, AMD finally starting to roll their stuff out, so Can't wait for it. Fingers crossed. Optimistic. This could be a cool year. I said it, and I think the last episode, I think everything's lining up right for Ampere. We'll have to see what the final product actually is, but I'm excited. I think it could wind up being just something crazy. I'm really interested to see if that PCIe 4 does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm usually pretty doubtful of it because, I. That's again, that's another promise that we've had for so many years. It's never turned up. It, it really doesn't matter for the most part as far as I I've th- seen. I think if it does, it'll matter in, like I said, multi-GPU systems. It'll matter for the person who buys two 3080 Ti's. It won't matter. If you buy one, it probably won't. We'll have to see. But There is uh, some chatter uh, on the YouTube chat where people are pretty stoked for the idea of a 3080 or I think 3080 Ti saturating PCIe 3. Just mm-hmm. 
just to see if it happens. So yeah, like you, Gordon, I think it would be interesting just to see just how much it takes. Yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against it though because I've heard that that so many times. It's just like eh, maybe multi GPU, right? So. It brings up, I mean, all that stuff brings up interesting questions, right? Like my, my GPU testing system is still in 8700K. So a couple of generations ago, it's going to be ready for an upgrade itself soon. Again, just like I was talking about before, do I go with a 10900K or 9900K? It probably wouldn't be 9900K at this point. Uh, I'd wait for 10900K. Or do I opt for a high-end AMD thing? Because that way I can test PCIe 4.0 and see if it does make a difference. I mean, the fact that AMD is pushing so hard on that and Intel isn't makes for some really interesting, you know, decisions. Yeah. No, the lack of PCIe 4 on the the new Intel parts is, was a, you know, big disappointment, I think. so. Yeah. So that's NVIDIA Ampere. I expect consumer graphics cards to launch... Or at least be talked about by the fall. Hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, why don't we switch to talking about something that's uh, a little bit more of a letdown? Real quick, though, Eskimonster <laughs> gave us more twenty more Danish crones. Uh, they're showing off. They got a raise, so they're 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 sharing uh, nice. they're sharing it with us. Congratulations! Money's I keep nice. I keep thinking that sounds like some kind of dessert, but you know, crones. No Danish. I, think of it I want a Danish. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll eat. I'll take <laughs> it. That's why. Crone, I yeah. think it's like some old, like you know, ruler of some mm-hmm. matriarchal society. Yeah, oh, I picture the old ladies at the start of uh, Dark Souls Two, <laughs> the three crones or whatever. There. Why is it called a Danish? That's why I've always kind of wondered. I, I just am now realizing it. An entire country is just simply a name of a dessert. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what came first, the dessert. Uh, just like French fries. <laughs> hey, and we just got five more dollars from Matthew Lang. Thank you. Uh, hands clap in the in the chat for Matthew. Uh, if Jensen opened a restaurant, what do you think he would name it? <laughs> uh, I think it would be. I think it would be a family style restaurant, and the thing would be: the more you buy, the more you save. Really. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's just, he said that again yesterday in the thing. That's become like his cheesy catchphrase. And wait, what's this? What's this? What's the catchphrase? The, the more you buy, the more you save. <laughs> it's like does <laughs> he, he mean like how many GPUs or how powerful the GPU is? Yeah, if you buy a whole bunch of two hundred thousand dollars systems, still. <laughs> so you know, I deal. think I think I I would think. Uh, Jensen would have a if he had a restaurant, it would be called Riva because it feels mm-hmm. like that goes all the way back to the beginning. It'd be called you know Riva. <clears throat> it wouldn't be buffet style, but mm-hmm. it would be next door to the AMD restaurant and the mm-hmm. Intel restaurant. <laughs> and then anytime <laughs> the Intel restaurant or the AMD restaurant came out with something new on the menu, Jensen would like as you were as you're standing outside the window we're used to anyway and you'd look at the menu and you go like hey I, that looks really good he'd like he himself or he'd have one of his, his waiters like hey we got that too but ours is actually we give you more and it's a little <laughs> bit cheaper <laughs> and then but and then of course you know amd or intel would be like we just got the whole new menu we're launching this brand new food he would launch his new food time to ruin the Intel or AMD <laughs> restaurant, yeah, 
That's what. That's how. <laughs> that's how it would be at Riva's. It'd be like no. And then he would annoy all his grocery store partners that stock, you know, some of the most popular ones because they had outdone it, like what the grocery store version was getting. <laughs> Still no Love name it. though, Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Just the actual. No, I said Riva. It's a Riva. I said it's going to okay. be called Riva. All that's right. that's an old school. Uh, I have no name suggestion because I am terrible at naming things. Um, I've always said that if I ever write a book, it's just going to (laughs) be, I finished the damn thing. What more do you want from me? (laughs) Yeah, you want a title? You didn't didn't pay for a title. I could just see all these, like, analogies. It's like, like, hey, at the AMD restaurant, we're like, you know what? We we got this, like, we're not going to make anything proprietary or anything. You can just do whatever. But then... You know, at the at the NVIDIA restaurant, it would be like, well, we have our proprietary fork. It's better. But we also work with the other fork, too. So. And then everybody would like, yeah, I'm going to go to Riva because they got this, you know, you know, free fork. And then it would be like, well, no, you know. Yeah, okay. okay. I'll go with Black Jacket. I like the name Black Jacket. Yeah. Bang. Black Jacket. There you go. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Brad should always name things. There you go. Uh, you know what no one likes? Oh. <laughs> actually, we should let Elena talk about this because she's probably the one that's like, what? I actually am probably the most heartbroken <laughs> of the whole team because I mean, we were talking about this, what was it, last week? Where we're saying like, yay, AMDs look great. You know, like they promised, you know, support for <clears throat> so many generations of Zen <clears throat> architecture. And then they come out and they say, Oh, actually, you know, for Ryzen 4000, you're only going to be on I mean, the same socket, but you're only going to be able to use these two chipsets. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> that's that's not exactly what you were implying before when you said that it was going to have, I mean, I mean, technically it's true, you have AM4 support, but that's not exactly what the rest of us took that to mean. <laughs> so... It's been yeah. all over the internet. What is it, Monday? I'm losing track yeah. of the days here. But, I mean, so many people weighed in already. Some people are saying this is an outrage. Some people are saying this is just the way it goes. Some people are in the middle saying, you know, it makes sense. But at the same time, they didn't really present it well. I I honestly would say I'm in more of the middle camp, even though I I understand the outrage. It's just it's one of those things. We talked about this on the show before. You you have to frame the message right or well right for people to be on board with you and when you don't do that oh man the blowback but wait a minute elena let me tell you about the exciting (laughs) future of of amd socket am4 it's a blog post on uh uh, on amd by uh, robert halleck who's been on here before it's very exciting am4 will work with the next gen ryzen parts and oh yeah your older ones not gonna work (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I think Brad said it best uh, when we were talking about this, I think offline at one point, uh, where it's just a real bummer that B550 has taken so long to come out because all the people who m- built PCs recently probably went with the B450 board and now they're stuck. They, they won't be able to upgrade past a certain point or even at all cuz if you bought a Ryzen 3000 chip where you're going to like what are you going to go like within that same family like yeah so just... we haven't actually said the issue yet and the issue is that future generations of Ryzen 
uh, processors are only going to work with B550 or X570 boards if you're looking to upgrade. I mentioned that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yep. All right. I just slucked it in there, though. No. Was but it? yeah, so that, I mean, it's it just, and the, the really bad thing is, of course, the messaging from AMD, you know, has been AM4, we're going to support AM4. Not mentioning that big ass asterisk. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. the physical socket will be supported, but electrically, yeah, you're you're on you're on the you're on the life raft, and you're just gonna be pushed off, yeah. cast away from everybody else. Well, so. I'm, I'm a noob, so I don't understand. Like, what happens if you put the new one in the old one? Well, generally, it'll be just simply no post. You know, there are there is some talk that maybe some vendors may enable it because of the blowback that maybe they'll just enable it somehow is sort of hacks but that is never a good solution and there's no way as a consumer you could buy something and the, maybe they support it but basically everybody who bought older four series chipsets hoping to have four compelled compatibility based on previous statements by amd that am4 will be supported there it's you no actually no you're it's you've bought the last cpu for your socket officially i mean it's technically yeah. correct <laughs> Yes. It's just spiritually incorrect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Letter of the law. Yes. Spiritually, no. Because yeah. everybody, everybody, expectations were were set very high. Because I mean, and you know, to be fair, it wasn't that bad. Because you know, Ryzen one thousand, two thousand, and three thousand. There was some commonality shared between those parts, and you know, uh, three seventy work for some. Four chips and four seventy works. Just so it I, wasn't that bad. It's actually pretty great, in my opinion. Like what they've done is amazing. Like I have an X three seventy board in my own system, and when I bought it, I could buy you know the eight core eighteen hundred X. You know, three generations later, two generations later, the third third gen series, I can get a sixteen core processor with thirty two threads and much higher IPC and clock speeds to fit right into that same processor into that same motherboard. Uh, and that's super awesome. Uh, but the problem is they oversold it and then they came back they with this lawyerly it. asterisk, which, I mean, if you think about it, if they're going to play it like that, then Intel's LGA one, one, five, one is the same thing. That socket was around for three or four yep. generations too, but they had different chipsets. Yep. Yeah. So. It's crazy. And I think that's <laughs> exactly the issue that, uh, I have a problem with is that, I mean, there was all that outcry when we went from what's Cable Lake to Coffee Lake, right? Where they're like, mm, same socket, but sorry, you're going to have to get another motherboard if you want to upgrade. And, you know, AMD this whole time has been trying to present itself as the uh, CPU maker of the people, right? Like we're super budget friendly where, you know, we make this so easy for you to upgrade. Like, if we're going back to that restaurant analogy, you like you go in there and they're like, did you did you want some salmon with your steak? Like, I know you bought a steak, but we'll throw in the salmon for free kind of thing. <laughs> and I think it kind of it muddies it kind of taints that reputation they've had. They've made for themselves. Right. By by presenting yep. it this way, because nobody likes having something taken back that they were starting to expect they were going to get. Whereas if they had just said like, hey, we, we are aiming for AM4 socket support through 2020, we can't guarantee it's going to be all chipsets, but we're definitely, we're, we're going for that and we, we want to do it for you, but we'll, we'll let you know how it goes. Like that would have ended up entirely differently. 
That's so. that's you know gets at my issue. It's not that people were kind of expecting that. It's that, in my opinion, people were told that. Like if if you were told, hey, we're going to support AM4, that means we're going to support AM4, and then to come back three years later and add this asterisk with loyally technically correct. I mean, technically sure it's true, but it's just the opposite of what you've been telling people, yep. which stinks, especially because. They could have taken a whole nother path that they've done before. Like, I think it was AM3 that they then rolled out AM3 Plus. And that's all they had to do here. They could have said, okay, these ones coming out later next year. We fulfilled our promise. We did AM4 from when it launched through 2020. Now going forward, we're going to have AM4 Plus motherboards. And this is a totally different thing. And that would have worked, in my opinion. Yeah, it does feel like if they'd called the X570 an AM4 Plus socket, Yeah, it sort of helped would help people accept that. And they've done this before. There was an AM2, there was an AM2 plus, AM3 plus. So that sort of, I think it sort of helps set that in people's minds. Yeah. My biggest but, issue personally is uh, how they handled this transition with B550 in particular, because third gen Ryzen came out almost what, nine months ago, something like that, July or August. Uh, and if you're looking to buy the Ryzen 5 3600, 3600X, build a new AMD system, because finally, like, we did articles with it, like, hey, AMD's finally overtaken Intel. Look, if you're building the computer, put AMD in your system. You can upgrade it as it's coming out in the future, too, if you jump on here, because they said they'll support AM4. Uh, but if you're buying, like, a 30, uh, Ryzen 5, then there's no way you're going to spend $200 plus on an X570 motherboard. But at the time, AMD and its motherboard, you know, partners were saying, look, you know, B550 isn't out yet. X570, you know, the only difference between B450 and B550 is going to be PCIe 4 support. So if you want to still take all the advantages of, you know, the AM4 platform, the upgradability, the overclocking, all that stuff, just get a B450 motherboard and put your Ryzen 5 in it. And that's what a lot of people did because it took them nine months. You know, B550 is still not out for another month from now even. And so all those people who got a B450 because they're like, hey, I don't need PCIe 4.0, but I do want to buy into AM4, they just all got stranded. And I think that's super uncool. Well, not even that, but, you know, a lot of folks said, well, you know, 570 versus 470. Mm -hmm. Um that's, you know, uh, I will buy 470 because I don't need the PCIe 4, yep. but I want a high-end chipset, which has possibly more life down the road, and those people are in life raft, too. And yep. you know. The funny thing is, like we were talking about last week, most people will never, ever upgrade their CPUs, but it just burns because that's been a core, here's how we're separate from Intel, here's a big differentiator for us, promise, and so I was really bummed to see this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's more it's more heartbreak than anything, you know, and I think it's something we should have expected almost because, but I, I think we just got so high on being able to get these like, wow, the, you know, the future proof of the socket and it really kind of like, plus the whole like through 2020 kind of thing, really kind of, I think it really, it could have been better messaging. It really been better, better yes. to manage our expectations. Yes. More than Especially because I'm sure they had to have known they were going to go this route, you know, much sooner than they announced yeah. it. So they could have start, <clears throat> started prepping people for it. They could have hinted at it. They could have at least um, tempered expert, sorry, tempered expectations, but they didn't. And um, 
I don't think I would say I take it personally, but I feel kind of bad giving people advice, you know, last fall when all the Black Friday sales were happening, saying like, yeah, it's fine. Go with a 470 board or go with a B450 board. Like, you'll be fine. Like AMD is saying this, right? And now that that's not going to come true. And I kind of wish I hadn't said that to people now that I have hindsight, 2020 hindsight, right? So it's it's a hard it's a hard misstep too, especially with third gen finally being the one where they're like, all right, they're bringing it to Intel. This is some, mm-hmm. they're getting good now. And then for this seems like a self-inflicted wound. It, yeah. I wish they would have backported compatibility one generation. So even if they had to have the line in the sand, which I understand the technical reasons why they do, because you know, those, those chips can only fit so much information in them. Uh, bring it back to f- the 400 series board. So that all those people who did buy a 450 chip to go with their Ryzen 5 or they're waiting for B550, which still isn't out for another month, they're not getting abandoned. Yeah. As a first gen I- owner, like I said, I'm thrilled. You know, I can upgrade to a 16 core high IPC chip. I feel like from a practical standpoint, I'm very happy with what I got, but it just is a bummer for people who just bought in. Yeah, you really want to be the last one in, right? That's and essentially Ryzen three thousand owners are the last ones in, unless they bought a five seventy board. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah. could uh, and sorry, another new question: Could you get the newer board but still get the older chip? Like, say this Black Friday, those you know, we see a thirty nine fifty X for a crazy deal, but you still mm-hmm. get the newer board because then you sure. can future-proof from there. That still sure. works. But, I mean, that's, well, that's, that works for the people who are not in this conundrum we're describing. Those are the people who are, ha- are armed with this knowledge now, and they yeah. can kind of plan their system accordingly. Uh, it doesn't help the people who did the opposite. Yeah, and so just – so X570 supports – you know, will support Zen 3. It uh, supports Zen 2. It will also support Zen – uh, plus, in the 2000, it does not support older 1000 series parts. Uh, possibly worse for some other people is the B550 only supports next gen, Zen 3, and also Zen 2. So if you're hoping to like, hey, somebody gave me their old 2600X, I'll buy B550. No, it's a no-go apparently. What makes it even more confusing is that that's going to vary a lot on vendor and vendor and board to board because X570 has been out for a while and a lot of those, you know, already support first gen rides and chips, just not officially from AMD. AMD is not saying they have to and stuff like that. This, this is a confusing chart, but it, there's going to be a lot of variability there, but. Yeah, but you're definitely not going to, yeah. you, it feels like if you're going to be buying, my advice is at this point, if you're going to buy, buy an AMD motherboard, you obviously want the newest, and you want for upgradability. You definitely need to check the QVL list, qualified you know vendor list. The they will have. Uh, you can basically go in and say the motherboard vendor says it supports these CPUs. Go in and check that on your motherboard on the website for any board you're looking at before yeah, you buy it at this point. B five fifty is the only affordable motherboard with the future. And it's not available for another month. They're saying, hey, the only options you have, if you want to buy a reasonable motherboard for your Ryzen 5 chip that's available right now, is a dead end already. Yep. Or you can't buy for another month. And that just, I don't understand it. That's really dumb to me. Like, like 
everywhere says, hey, the best gaming processor for most people, go get yourself a Ryzen 5 3600 or 3600X. You can get those for $180. They're of value. Yep. But you're not going to pair that with an X570 motherboard, man. Those things cost 200 bucks. That costs more than the chip. You want a 450 class board in the vast majority of cases, and that's still not available for a month, and the only things you can buy right now are dead end, and that's lame. Yep. <laughs> Technically, literally lame, I guess, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, but again, I, I have to point out, you know, again, a very small percentage of people that ever, yeah, ever, ever, ever actually upgrade a motherboard to a CPU. It's a fairly, I, I'd love to see somebody do some research into it, but I can tell you it's, it's probably single digits of, of all desktops sold. Very few people ever do it. I mean, to be I fair, a lot of that falls on Intel though, right? I mean, things have kind of changed with AMD, so that's. Well, I, no, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, look. And I really hope people take this to heart. People are always like, oh, my God, Intel, you changed another. Like, why can't I upgrade? Like, Intel's going to say, like, well, number one, ain't nobody ever do that. So what's the point? And look, it's easy. We have LGA 1200. You know it works for these CPUs. It's not going to work with those CPUs. It's it's just a lot cleaner. It's a lot less messy. So, and, you know, and, and Intel... There's definitely a bad stretch with those 1151 boards, but, you know, for the most part, you generally get two generations of CPUs. I mean, that, that has been the history of, of, of recent history. So. Well, I mean, but the thing is, no one's, no, not no one, but like, I think it's much rarer that someone would upgrade between two generations, though. I think three generations where you might jump, you know, up to is makes more sense. But, I mean, even all that said, though, Gordon, I really think that this is not so much the issue about the fact that people aren't going to upgrade. It has everything to do with just messaging and your ability to trust the company. I think yep. that's the real issue here. AMD made a move that makes it seem less trustworthy, and we've you know, seen them build that trust over three years, almost four years now. And that seems to uh, just a move that I, I'm really baffled by. Like, you, you know, why, why shoot yourself in the foot like that? Yeah, no, definitely. It's a heartbreak. I was watching um, Gamers Nexus. Steve said that as far as he knows, he's been told they knew this, you know, a year ago, basically. They yeah, knew that. Yeah. They I mean, knew it's not like this is... they would just go, oops, who knew? So then it makes you wonder, like, why didn't you just let us know then, you know? But, you know, you know, the argument I think I've seen from people is like, because they've wanted to sell B450, they wanted to sell... They didn't want to hurt their sales for people going, oh, I'm really going to wait for B550 to match with my, you know, budget rising five part. So I don't know if that's true or not, but yeah, no, it really is. It's just disappointing, right? It's just disappointing it is. in some ways. Also, but go ahead. I'm going to steal uh, Adam's job here real quick because I just happened to see a flash by in chat. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> uh, so uh, Bucket Headland on YouTube saying that, they always used to upgrade chips. Intel has wrecked that mentality over the years. So I don't it, there's there are people who, who think the way that we're discussing. I, I mean, I think you're right that it's not a huge part, portion of the population, but there's definitely a contingent. In and there. the percentage is no. probably higher for people who got on AM4 to begin with, you know. And I'm I, one of them. And like yeah. I said, I'm happy with what I got out of it. I'm just disappointed in the messaging in the expectations. Yeah, I but I think for me. No, I understand. Uh, you know, I believe, you know, if you could have, we go back to the or original socket seven, you could run Intel and AMD and Cyrex CPUs in the same socket, right? So that would have been like, oh, that's awesome. But, you know, 
those days are long gone and it doesn't, it's just not, it's just not something done by most consumers. I, I, I want to bring up some ancient history. At one point, there was really strong indications, a lot of strong rumors that Intel was considering doing away with sockets, period. You know, they were going to go away from LGA and essentially the CPU would be, you know, BGA soldered into the motherboard. There was a lot of pushback by motherboard vendors and, you know, um, white box builders like, no, no, we don't want to have to eat the inventory on these things if we can't sell them or something. But, you know, the argument, you know, the Intel never did it. It wasn't really clear to me. I talked to people who said, yeah, they were going to do this. I saw the roadmaps. They really were looking at that, but they never did it. But I, you know, if you actually had it burned into the motherboard, would it really change for a lot of people? Probably not. If there was an actually an advantage to doing it, if there was a performance advantage or feature advantage, then maybe is it worth it? If very few people ever do the upgrade, I personally like upgrades. I like sockets. I like the ability to, to change things because rather than throwing it away, but I do understand like, yeah, people do not buy big, thick, ugly, fat laptops to upgrade them. They buy them. They just buy thin laptops and they throw them away when they're useless. It's what, what really happens. So well, that's, but that's thing a laptop laptops. thing. You don't usually upgrade a laptop, right, Gordon? You don't usually. That's more heartbreak too, man. I I really that was I was good. Gonna, that was a good transition. I just got to say, that was a really good transition. I heard my lunch. But you know what? Before we get to that one, before we get to the next heartbreak, I want to point out that in defense of AMD and in defense of Intel, people don't realize it, but it used to be really, really ugly. I was looking back in like the early two thousands, the mid two thousands. It was, you got two generations of chips. There were some CPUs where you got like two CPUs in the entire socket. Like the original socket 940 for FX51 and FX53, they were rebranded Optron parts. There were two CPUs, period. And then it was, it was done away with. Uh, Intel did that with the original Willamette. They did like the original Pentium 4 that way. And then they, they killed that with the, you know, socket 7775 and, there are just a lot of really just sort of this whole like we're going to do this so that you can upgrade is not this is not some old thing that has always been a plus. This is like it's it's actually things have actually been better recently than they used to be in the old days. So it's not that bad. But I yes. think this shows this shows the difficulty of it actually being a thing. Like it's real hard to keep the support going forever for a bunch of different reasons, even if you want to. So. Yeah. And it's real hard to po- promise support for future <laughs> upgrades and then not delivering. Keep bringing it back, right, Gordon? Well, there, yeah, so that's again. So we're going to talk about the next heartbreak, mm. which is the Alienware Area 51M R1, meaning revision one. It was original Area 51M. The cool thing about that Area 51 is it, it used a socketed Intel part, a uh, uh, the top end part was a, a Core i9-9900K socket so that, you know, you could possibly upgrade it. And um, the other thing was like Dell says, look, we actually have designed this laptop in mind for upgrade. Uh, and that is we designed a custom graphics card module. So, yeah. You know, hopefully if you want to, you know, we're going to have other upgrade cards for it and, you know, in a year, you could swap out the graphics card. Uh, this week, they announced the Alienware Area 51M. Uh, 
which uses socket LGA-1200, newsflash, incompatible with previous generation sockets, so you will never be able to upgrade that uh, i9-9900K if you had an R1 Area 51. And this new Area 51 R2 has uh, RTX Super with a, a custom card as well. And uh, Alienware has officially said, like, yeah, this uh, these cards will not be offered in the Area 51M. And, in fact... We're not even going to offer what we're saying today is for this socket, it'll be within this generation, which is you bought a Core i5. Later on, you pick up a Core i9 on eBay for $5. You can upgrade it. You bought a RTX 2060. You got like a RTX 2080 Dell module for super cheap. You can upgrade that too within the generation. That's their official guidance. And essentially, they're throwing in the towel and like, yeah, you know what? You are not going to be able to upgrade. It's just, you're not going to be able to buy. You can't take your R1 and maybe drop in a, an Ampere ver- based version of it. It's just, at this point, not going to happen. So, so the upgradable so, graphics, dead. Yeah. Never going to happen. The news, the word I would use, you've been using um, much more generous language, which is like, I think, letdown and heartbreak. But for me, emotionally, if I had purchased the R1 version of this, I would feel it feel it, at, it as a betrayal. Like, you <sighs> took in that promise, you took it to heart, you put down a huge chunk of cash for it because those laptops do not come cheap, and now they're telling you. And so here's the thing. It's the CPU side. Yeah, maybe you, ha- you have some flexibility on when you want to upgrade because it's easy to get those parts. But that module for the GPU, that's only going to be available as long as Dell produces it or makes it available, or you can even find it on eBay, which I don't think there's going to be many of them, right? So if Uh, you got the 2060 and you're like, okay, well, I guess my path is 2080, you're going to be forced to get that sooner than you actually probably would want just to get it while it was still available, which I'm not super cool with. I'm not sure if that's true because I think they will offer, um, clearly they made add-in boards. They probably have enough in inventory to be able to sell them for a while. And again, uh, very few people were ever going to take this upgrade path. So I do think, yeah, they, they gave themselves wiggle room because if you bought Core i5 with RTX 2060, you can do an i7, i9 or a, um, RTX 2070 or a 2080. So they legally are offering an upgrade, but again, very much like uh, AMD with the B450, the spirit, everybody really, really, really hoped, and they strongly hinted that, yeah, next gen NVIDIA, maybe we can do it. And I'm going to say one thing I will say, nobody at Alienware ever said, yeah, we're absolutely sure you'll be able to get next-gen NVIDIA or next-gen AMD parts in this module because, again, like Dell, like Intel, they understand you can't make those promises because if you make that promise, like you're going to support AM4 through 2020, people are going to come back and they're going to be very unhappy and then they will sue you, which I will say actually happened to a competing vendor that said, we have this laptop. We're going to offer upgrade from 9th gen uh, in NVIDIA to 10th gen NVIDIA. Uh, guess what? 
power thermals didn't work out for those 10th gen parts, even though it was a smaller process. They couldn't do it. Somebody sued them. Ended up in court. I'm sure they settled because you know how lawsuits go, class action mm-hmm. lawsuits go. So Dell does offer you the upgrade. So they never said it, but it was really, really like, even when I wrote my original review of the Area 51 R1, I said, yeah, there's a good chance, uh, you are not going to just, you're not going to get a CP upgrade because if you have the top end part, because Intel doesn't do that. They just, they, and they did it, right? You couldn't do that. But I thought, I really thought with the GPU, I really thought this is not a small vendor. This is Dell. This is one of the largest PC makers on the planet. They get their way with NVIDIA. They have deep insight into NVIDIA's roadmap. I really thought they would be able to achieve 2000 series to 3000 series or whatever and actually pull it off. But again, this is, I've seen this. Three, at least three times in the past, and it's never, ever worked out where you could ever yeah. upgrade. That's not just, I live in a forum, and I'm going to get a soldering gun to do it. So I, I never expected CPU upgrades to happen, just because I expected this to be the end of the motherboard socket for the ninth gen. It was cool that they added it. I was like you. I was really hoping they would be able to have GPU upgrades. Uh, this reminds me, both this and the AM4 thing, reminds me of something that some of y'all give me crap for, but I've been saying for years, usually in graphics cards, going all the way back to older Radeon cards with DirectX 12 support, going back to GTX 1080 Ti versus 2080 with ray tracing support, and now these, you don't buy expensive hardware for promises of what's going to come in the future. You're only guaranteed what's coming today. So why would I buy an you're purchasing A6? decisions based on what's available right now and if it fits your needs. If you can pay maybe a small premium for the potential of an upgrade to happen in the future, that's up to you to decide. But so many times, you know, these promises for the future just never materialize. And so that's just something to keep in mind that people always need to keep in mind because it keeps happening. It yeah. does keep happening. So I think the reason why I react more strongly to it emotionally than both of you, even though knowing full well that the same things that you do, um, it's just that why keep dangling that string in front of people like that? It just seems mean. Well, it's just like you're touting because the thing is that they're not marketing it as like here's this amazing laptop that gives you all this performance oh yeah by the way it happens to have like you know custom modules that you could swap it if you wanted to they don't market it that way they market it as look these are swappable and it's just like well like why are you gonna do that for then like well and i think i think the reason why so i'm heartbroken because i thought the time had finally come for upgradable gpu in the laptop, internal, not external. It, the Alienware does that as well. Two different ways. It'll do it, in fact, which is cool. But I, I don't really feel animus because I, in my heart, I really don't think this was just simply cynical. We're gonna, we're gonna convince you that there might be an upgrade to get you to buy this. I think they really, the excitement with them. I think they really wanted to offer this. They really, everybody, this, and again, this has been the holy grail. I've called it this many times. This has been the holy grail of gaming laptops for 12 years, 15 years. 
but it's never come through because you can't predict what what ATI slash AMD slash NVIDIA are going to do with graphics. And I think they look at it and they go like, well, hell, they're going 7 nanometer. There's no way you're going to use more power than the current parts. So we we should be able to contain the thermals and the power, and that's really the only thing that that's the reason why, right? But you know what? NVIDIA and AMD may say, you know what? We, we're going to take our 7 nanometers and we're going to turn it to 11. Because we got this competition from the, we got to go to eleven. We're actually going to use more power, right? The uh, again, it's data center parts, but the Ampere GPU that just got unveiled uses significantly more power, like a hundred or one hundred fifty watts more power than its Volta equivalent. Right. So that, but again, that's why I again, this is not the excitement I got from Dell at CES and all the briefings we had. Like, this is it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. You know. But, you know, again, I the Holy Grail is a perfect analogy because you always <laughs> think, and I don't mean the the comedy one, but you always think the Grail is somewhere you go out to get it, and they died. They died on that <laughs> hill trying to get the Grail like everybody else's. Asus failed at it. MSI failed at it. There's probably other vendors that have failed at it. Eurocom kind of does it in a way, but not really. In fact, they don't even have 2,000 series GPUs for their laptops currently. It's been, you know, and, and maybe it's just something that, it's it's not real. Like like maybe the Holy Grail doesn't ever exist. No, so here's the thing, though, Gordon. Uh, I'm going to English literature major nerd out on you. There was one of the Knights of the Round Table that that got to the Holy Grail, and then he died because basically he was like, "I have seen and experienced perfection, dead." So I think it was Percival. Um, Percival. Uh, what? Percival. Percival. Thank you. And uh, I'm just saying. So like. If for your analogy to hold, that means we would have had to have at least one model to achieve this. At least one model, and that would be held up above all others, and then that would be it. That's just Wait. no more. You cannot achieve it again. Did Lancelot bring that grail back to King Arthur? Lancelot was busy. Was <laughs> I mean, not, been Lan- not Lancelot, but did Percival bring it back? No, he died. Oh, so you know it exists then. Because maybe Percival was lying. He like he's like I got the he got <laughs> like news. got this Twitter. Percival's like I got the Holy Grail <laughs> at King Arthur. Got Holy Grail now, bringing it back. Oh, dude, Lancelot. Hey, <laughs> yeah. can you come over here? Yeah, I know you're talking to my wife. I just got this Twitter message from Percival saying he got the Holy Grail. What's up with you? Why didn't you get the what? But he got it. That's <laughs> lost. Like, oh, okay. okay, well, I'm. Where's he, where is it at? Where's it at? He's coming. Percival's reliable. <laughs> Did we found. get that? Holy crap! I'm just uh, sorry. That's not never found. I think actually, the Monty Python one is more accurate than the English literature <laughs> one, Atlanta, because they never got to the Holy Grail. Never got it. That's fair. I think it's crazy that, you know, real-time ray tracing was considered the holy grail of graphics, and we got that before we got the ability to just change out your graphics card and your laptop. That's wild to me. Yeah, no, it's, you know, but maybe, you know, I think the curve of history, too, is just like, I know, I like I like upgradable, I like serviceable laptops. I think it's essentially better for the world. The world is not going there. You know, uh, NVIDIA killed making MXM modules years ago, upgrade, and Intel killed, uh, sockets for laptop CPUs years ago. 
you know, and we have soldered on SSDs. We have soldered on memory. People want thinner. They want lighter. The, the curve of history is going away from big, thick, upgradable laptops. I think it's just, it's never going to happen. And I, I think it's just, to me, again, I don't have animus towards Alienware and Dell because I really think they thought they had finally done it. But like Percival, they got there like, oh, we got it, running out the door. And then, you know, the trap. And Wait, how did Indiana Jones? The giant boulder, <laughs> you know, I, well, I saw that movie. <laughs> gonna, because you don't think, come on, Percival got killed by some trap. You know it was. It's just like it didn't happen. Snakes all in a pit, I'm, right? Yeah. All, all I'm going to say is that I think chat's right. I'm stealing your job again, Adam. Sorry. Uh, I think chat's right where it's just like both <laughs> this and the AM4 uh, debacle is just a matter of marketing teams not maybe talking as much with engineering teams yeah. as they ought. That's what I was going to say. I'm kind of like in the middle of y'all in this particular case, but I think <laughs> AM4 and Alienware 51M are both kind of from the same place. Like, I genuinely believe that both of these companies genuinely wanted to offer this. Uh, the reason I care more about AMDs is because, you know, they can't, they could, they've seen this coming. They're the ones who designed these things. They could have been more clear in this. Alienware, yes, they sold it as an upgradable laptop, but their fate is kind of in the hands, as Gordon was saying, of AMD and Intel and NVIDIA. So they put this out and said, look, here's what we want to do. It's upgradable. We want you to be able to upgrade. But if it's not possible, it's not possible. They were putting it out there to try to do it. It's just, it, it feels, it's a slight difference, a slight difference, but it makes a difference to me. I think they, all, all these companies were coming from the good place originally, but again, just don't buy for the future. Yeah. I don't disagree with you, and that's why I keep qualifying this as a emotional betrayal, because I think there's two different things between when you're actually <laughs> betrayed and then when you feel betrayed. So I, I'm very much talking about the latter instance. Well, and actually, it sounds like we have a couple people in, in chat who who got that, that laptop and, and were burned, so or feel burned. Yeah. So Well, they feel burned because they bought, if they bought the top-end configs. Yeah, you're, no you can, the cool thing is you can do the amplifier. The, the, I mean, it's the only laptop that, that has two ways to do external graphics. You have amplifier and Thunderbolt 3 for external GPU, but it's just, that's not what, that's not what everybody wanted. Everybody really wanted. And again, that's, that's why I think if Dell and Alienware, that's why I know people think, oh, it's just, it was cynical marketing, but if, why even bother to do all that work? Why use the socketed part? Why do the engineering mm -hmm. to use a custom module if you if you didn't want to do this? And so in my heart, I think they were at least reaching for that grail, but like all things, they got thrown off the bridge, right? Pick the wrong color. <laughs> they got to the the castle with the French in it. No, they were... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, uh, do we want to get to some Q and A? Because yeah, we actually, for you, Adam. yeah, we we actually have a couple lined up uh, that are are pretty interesting. Uh, but first, I will say thank you to Lasalle Rhymes the uh, Third. Gave us fifteen dollars a little bit ago, saying they they love the show and the streams and stuff. So really, thank really you. appreciate that. That that is awesome. Uh, so. It's Elena, do you you want to you want to lead it off with a question? Yeah, I have a question for you. What 
Your hair has nothing in it. What happened? I, you know, I got up really early this morning and did not do anything with my hair. So, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is just how it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously it's growing longer like everybody else. I want to get Mine to the is... point where I can just, you know, <laughs> cover your face. Yeah. You don't need a face mask. You just, you, you just yeah. flip your beard up. <laughs> that's funny uh well yeah uh like always questions you can put them in folder discord there's a link in the chat uh there um there's a a special channel in there you can put in the questions and we'll get to them at any point Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and and look through some of these older ones uh actually you know i'm I'm gonna start with some of the newer ones because they 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 go back to the am4 stuff uh, Big L two sixty eight said, uh, "How PO'd should MSI be after spending the money to re-release B four fifty boards as Max boards, with the belief that they would support future CPUs, or is it just their fault for not making them the larger BIOS chips in the first place?" I think didn't they actually put in the thirty two meg flash ROMs in those boards? Is that what they? Because there are some boards with the thirty two meg flash ROMs. I thought. But, yeah, sure, they should definitely be upset because, you know, the risk, the huge risk for these vendors who take roadmaps and 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 take the engineering specs and then they market on them is they open themselves up to legal risk. There's a very much legal risk that, you know, you marketed this, you said it could do it. You're going to get a lawyer, he's going to find, or she's going to find somebody and they're going to sue you, you know, and mostly it's, most of the time, I can tell you, not all class action lawyers are like this. I've worked with some really, really good ones in the past, in a previous lifetime. Most of them get you bupkis in the end and, and all, this, it harms everybody. It harms the vendor, the user doesn't get anything, the consumer doesn't get anything and it's just, it's a bummer. Yeah, they should be super, super angry. You know, and, and again, you know, MSI was, un, they got sort of caught with that uh, 5600 XT thing too. So, yeah, no, there, you're definitely, there's going to be animus, I, I I would I would think, you know, but uh, just probably pick yourself up and, and move on. And uh, Vignesh clarifies that the Tomahawk only had 16 megabyte originally and the Max was 32. Yeah, so, and that's actually the interesting thing because uh, all indications are, you know, going off of what Steve at Gamers Nexus said, all of his sources at Motherboard Company said, yeah, the, the hard limit was that that 32 meg flash ROM was really the issue. It was 16. Most of them were 16. Yeah, so you need 32 meg flash ROMs. Uh, and it just, so you would think in some ways you could, they could back engineer or something. And, you know, his thought is like, uh, MSI may do that because they understand they're at legal risk, but they will not officially say um, that it supports it, possibly. Which you know, at least some people. But again, it is very few people who ever upgrade. So, but yeah, no, it's 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 a mess. It's a major mess, right? So. Well, speaking of the upgrade question, but before I get to that, uh, Honey uh, is saying, Gordon, your father smelled like elderberries. Uh, <laughs> but Boria, <laughs> we've already got one. What? He's already <laughs> said they've already got one. What? <laughs> uh, uh, Boria Zero on Discord said, uh, I keep hearing the statistics that nobody upgrades their CPU, but I wonder if you ever had a chance to do it before. Uh, uh kind of talks, uh, you know, through some, some of the past stuff and then asks, uh, have we ever had any opportunity other than Zen 1 to Zen 2 to actually upgrade? 
Yeah. I mean, actually, I was just, again, I was looking at this list. Look, uh, LJA 1156 got Linfield and Clarkfield, Clarkdale. That was in the P55. LGA 1155 gave you Sandy Bridge and Ivory Bridge in P67, Z68, Z77. LGA 1150, Haswell and the five Broadwell parts that were sold in Z87, Z97, Skylake in 1151. This is the bad era. Skylake got you KB Lake and Z270, uh, LGA 1151, Coffee Lake S, Coffee Lake R. Now 11, uh, LGA 1200 is going to give you Cascade Lake S, not Cascade Lake, sorry, Comet Lake S, and will also give you Rocket Lake S, likely. In Z490, uh, for AMD, actually it's a little bit messy. Going back to 2009, it was the AM3 with Phenom 2. AM3 Plus gave you FX Vichera and FX Ambezi. F- FM1, that was not a great time. Trinity, FM2, no, FM1 gave you Lano. FM2 gave you Trinity. <laughs> oh God. FM2 gave you Kavari, Godavari, and then AM1. Give you Athlon. AM4 give you uh, Ryzen 1000, uh, 2000, 3000, and 4000. Of course, obviously, the end, you get broken off because you're not going to get uh, 4000 in your, your current chipsets. And so there have been plenty of times, and there have been actually some horrible times. A socket 423 gave you one CPU, the Willamette, before they dumped it overboard. Intel, one of the worst times ever, I think, was uh, the... Uh, the Pentium 4, where the 925X, you know, was the first chipset with PCIe. Uh, 800, mega, 800 megahertz frontside bus in the actual chipset, back when it was all controlled in the chipset. When they came out with their 1066 uh, frontside bus, they actually required you to buy the 925XE. So it was like one, one socket, one CPU. So, and again, Oof. I mentioned earlier the... The FX51 and FX53 and the Socket 940, they were awesome CPUs. You got two CPUs, it was over. And in fact, the crazy thing is, um, they're, the really bad thing about the Pentium 4 with the 800 megahertz frontside bus, 925X came out in June 2004. 925XC with the 1066 Pentium 4 uh, frontside bus came out in November of 2004. So same year, months later, it's like, oh, you got it. It's like, oh, it happens. There are technical reasons. And I will tell you the reason why Intel did that is because they were getting their clocks cleaned by AMD. Competition made them work harder. They had to break things harder. And you've seen that already because Intel really probably didn't want to break things from KB Lake to Coffee Lake, but they kind of had to because AMD was was cleaning their clocks. So, Mm -hmm. you know, competition does that. Wait. Quick question. Wasn't Boria's question about just about if there had been any other generations or sockets where you could jump uh it accommodated three generations? Like I thought that's what the question was. Oh, is that what the question is? I think so. I mean um, the history lesson is actually pretty awesome, but I think Boria's question was if there are any other sockets that supported three generations like uh or three point five now. You know it was insane? Okay, here's one. Socket 423, they made adapters to run 478. You could buy, you could buy a socket 478 CPU, put it into an adapter and rocket, run it in your 423 board. Or is that the way around? Yeah, that's right. 
So you got North uh, Willamette, Northridge, and I think Prescott. And that was three generations if you did the adapter socket. That's cool. So, but, yeah, well, yeah I mean, again, it's just sort of like, no, generally not. Three, actually, you know, this wasn't bad. So, again, people should be, shouldn't be that hard on AMD, I guess, because it, it has been a good ride. But, uh, yeah, clearly that, that was over this time. Okay. Uh, we have some... Still some great questions to get to. Uh, Sol Est had asked, uh, with the benchmarks and leaks surrounding the supposed Ryzen 7 4700G APU, will this change how you build budget systems? Sorry, one more time? I was actually responding to chat. <laughs> the uh, the 4700G, the, the leaks around that, uh, are we excited? Is it, Would we actually probably recommend that for budget systems? What do we think? Um, that's the rumor is an, is an eight core eight. Well, it's not technically an APU anymore. It's, it's an eight core CPU with, uh, next gen graphics, right? With Navi, is it Navi or is it Vega? No, it's, it's probably Vega. Vega. It's a refined Vega. Refined Vega. Yeah. Vega. It's the, there's the, but die shrink, it's essentially like the, um, the mobile Ryzen's. Yeah. So it's, is that moved into a desktop socket? Sure. I think you should, you should pay for that now. Uh, on a B450, and uh, <laughs> you should just go off of all the rumors and get excited and get ahead of yourself. Uh, in fact, it turns out that actually horses pushing the cart is is more efficient than the horses <laughs> pulling the cart. So please go down to Newegg or Amazon, buy that, go to, yeah, get in line sure. now. In fact. For all our international viewers who, where English might not be your first language, Gordon is referring to our idiom where we say, don't put the horse before the cart. <laughs> <laughs> so just that's what that's a reference to. Or you mean the cart before the horse. Because you oh, need the horse sorry. before the cart. Yes, yeah. uh, it's a Friday. Thank you. <laughs> I can't even get it right trying to explain it. Well, you, you know, or you Porsche can put the horse the on engine. the cart. You know, <laughs> Underneath the cart. Yeah. Porsche yeah, puts the engines in back, so it would be like a rear or mid-engine horse-driven cart. VDB bugs, yeah. And the true. the horses just put their front whatever they are hooves on the cart. And just, <laughs> whatever they are, they just push it. They push it. <laughs> I I I look at this no. a little differently. Just to get back to the actual question, uh, <laughs> what? Why me, would you do that? If you are looking to build a budget gaming PC specifically, I would still probably have my eye on the lower end chips. Uh, depending on how the graphics benchmarks turn out, if this part, in fact, winds up being real and actually happens because rumors, you know, there's a reason I hate them. Uh, <laughs> but yes, in general, to the level of graphics that integrated graphics like that will be able to support probably falls in line more with the four core, you know, APU systems rather than because, you know, eight cores, 16 threads is, you know, a lot. And the integrated Vega graphics probably won't line up super duper well with that depending on the price. But I that said, I think it's super cool to see this because I actually don't like that Ryzen chips don't have integrated graphics by default like Intel chips do. And this will be great for people who do actually want all those cores and threads but don't have a need for discrete graphics. They'll be able to just plop this in and save one to $200 on a graphics adapter. So, mm-hmm. I You know, and actually to be serious, I do have high hopes for it. Ryzen 7 uh, H and HS parts and even the U's are just spectacular, spectacular CPUs. So um, I think if you move that into an AM4 socket with more cooling, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially more space because they're not as constrained by, by a board size and all that under the, under the heat spreader. I think that's the Ram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I essentially, yeah, 37, 33, you know, or whatever, fairly high speed Ram for DDR4 more. I, it, it could be a very decent, uh, 720p gaming, 1080p, you know, uh, esports gaming, uh, setup when it comes out. But, you know, again, you got to wait for it. What, Obviously, it'll it's going to appeal to B five fifty, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I I don't know, right? I mean, the the heartbreaker with the B four fifty to to B five fifty thing is you definitely want to wait to find out at this point. I just think that based on rumors, there's not much to really get excited for because as Brad always, like Brad just said, you don't know what you're actually going to get yet. You know, this points out a really good thing too. Is you know, I, as a journalist, I like to talk about rumors sometimes. I also want to point out a lot of times the reason why we're very conservative on them, Brad, especially is because they're not, they often come out to be totally flat out wrong. And the community is, has expectations built up on the leaks. We were told for quite a while that next gen Intel, you know, common lake parts would have PCIe four. Those rumors are like, Oh yeah, look at this. Look at this. Look at the, 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 the diagram. Look at the chart. PCIe four came out. Wasn't there. And it was yeah. just such a letdown. And I'll tell you, Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, they hate it because, like, what, like, they actually have a decent thing, but everybody is now against them because of things they didn't even have control of. Be somebody, you don't know if it's somebody just making it up and flinging it to the wall or what. You just, you just don't know. So again, that's, leaks are really, really bad sometimes. That's my issue. Sometimes leaks are controlled PR too. Like, sometimes some of these are official. But my issue is, like, look at all that wait for Vega hype. Like, people, you know, hear these rumors and leaks from Chinese forums or some sketchy Twitter account or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a bunch of sites cover all of these and write them in definitive tones, which then people who don't know any better or maybe just, you know, you keep hearing the same thing said definitively on site after site, Mm -hmm. even though it's not come to accept it as being this is definite and going to happen. And a lot of the times it doesn't. As we are seeing with AM4 and Area 51, a lot of the times when companies come out and say, we want this to happen, it still doesn't happen. So definitely always take rumors with a big grain of salt. Yeah, and not even that, but, you know, it's, it sort of just goes also goes to how you consume it for anybody listening. You know what? You trust but verify. This mm-hmm. is a good source that said this. I'll believe it when I see it. You know, even if it's from a site that you respect that you got to like, eh, you know. I want to see it first. I don't know. I don't really know if I I believe that. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, speaking of leaks, uh, Ben Benita Ben Otto said uh, with leaks regarding potential tech in the PS5 and Xbox Series X custom storage solutions that don't even have a PCI consumer equivalent at the moment. What sort of impact, if the rumors leaks are true, will this have on the performance of current gen computers as games get optimized for the new console tech? Uh, sure. sure. I my sure. guess is we'll have to see what happens. One, just to preface that, just in the spirit of what we were just talking about. But my guess is as time goes forward, games will start to assume that you have some sort of SSD, not necessarily the blazing ultra fast ones that are in the consoles, 
but some sort of SSD, which is going to be good for all gamers regardless anywhere. Unless you have a hard drive, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in three or four years, if you have a big, you know, 7,200 RPM hard drive for bulk storage of games, uh, some of the latest games, especially open world games and stuff like that, are going to start to really juggle loading times and stuff on that. That would be my guess. We'll have to see how it goes, but that seems reasonable to me. And yeah, I personally, I don't, I just, no, I don't believe it. I, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, again, you know, I, there's been credible sources it. that it has a fast SSD. No, no, I, I don't doubt that they are incredibly fast SSDs. You know, they, um, they might be soldered down. They, they have tight specs on what they're going to get. They will be primo. You know, Apple has sp- fantastic SSD performance. These consoles are going to have primo uh, SSD performance. Is that even going to matter on the PC where we've already had outstanding SSD performance for a long time? Am I really going to believe that these game developers are ever going to do it? It's just like I'm, I, like I say, you don't need 16 threads to play a game. I'd love it if you did. I'd love it if you did, but you don't need it. You know, 612 yeah, is fine. And look at those, these 3300 parts are all. <laughs> perfectly great you know i just sorry it's just i don't i don't believe it well Gert, Gert, we'll see about go ahead i was just gonna say somebody in the the chat's kind of explaining it for you gordon uh gert track gert tactor i don't know uh most games to date have been designed in such a way to stagger content streaming to work on a uh, hard disk drive going to be great to have that limitation lifted more open world design and such so so, yeah, yes. that's the reason that we're so excited as PC gamers about these next-gen consoles is because developers target the consoles as the lowest common denominator. Because right now they ship with old, janky-ass AMD Jaguar cores that sucked yep. when they came out and spinning, slow-ass hard drives. And so these new console generations is going to get an SSD and a Ryzen chip. So that'll be the new lowest common denominator. That'll be the baseline. So that's going to be great because people are going to su- develop... Developers are going to assume that we all have SSDs, which is good. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, about- Gordon. Let me tell you about this new thing called ray tracing. I know it hurts right now, <laughs> but you have to get in on the ground floor because it is the future. I'm going to. When was the original? I'm going to tell you about this conversation because I. But I need to find this first. <laughs> I, uh, Intel X25 SSD. So when you said we, Brad, I guess the asterisk was except Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people are excited for this technology. I'm not I mean, quite I sure why he isn't excited for, for this. He he wants to stay on his hard drive, I guess. These these days, you can get a one terabyte SSD for a hundred bucks, just over. I would, if you're looking for bulk storage, probably try to go towards that more yeah. than uh, hard drives. If you're <laughs> looking for a bulk storage specifically for games, if you're trying to future proof. Yeah. God, was it the it? So the original. Let me tell you about a conversation I had with Intel. PR, somebody totally trusted. Um, we were on the floor of GDC. We were talking about like, yeah, Gordon, check out this demo. This demo with our Intel X25-M SSD, it really changes how you ga- play games. Right now, in 2008, everybody's got hard drives. That performance sucks. You get the level loads, that long pauses, you get this X25M SSD. Look at, we're playing this game. The frame rates, in fact, in some games actually went up from using this SSD, right? And level, I mean, you know, it was just, it was just awesome. This is just, 
this is just, this is awesome, Gordon. It's like, yeah, I believe you. This is awesome. It's 2008. And, and look, what, where it's been 12 years, man. I just, well, I that guess. Was, that was the cutting edge high end thing at the time. That's the difference. Now it's going to be the low bar. Now it's going to be the standard. I, but That's I mean, again, it's, it's just like, Hey, Hey man, look, we got Intel. We got 12, six, 12 threads. We got Westmare Golf Town. This CPU is going to change gaming. They go look at this game. Uh, we paid them basically to actually optimize for Golf Town. But look at this. Look at all, look at the performance. You know what? That was like in 2010, man. And then 10 years later, we're like lucky to get like 2% of games that even use 12 threads. It's just like, it's, I, I'm just sorry. It's just, I, mm-hmm. I believe it when I see it. And mm-hmm. I will point out, Adam, for ray tracing, I said it was a future. Mm-hmm. I also think that I agreed with Brad when he said at the launch of, uh, of Turing. Don't put this on Brad. Sec- Don't put this on Brad. The- no, no. <laughs> yeah, you're just Brad trying to put said- this on Brad. <laughs> no, because Brad said this is awesome technology. I agree. This is the future. By the second generation part. If you can afford to wait, by the second generation part. And I will tell you, in 2009 <laughs> or 2010, if I had a choice between an SSD and a hard drive, I would have bought the SSD. But I will tell you, those promises of all that, it's always a long, long time away. Which is why it's perfectly fine to buy, you know, a 16 series Turing card is perfectly fine to buy Radeon because the PC still runs. The games are run fine. You don't have to have it. We don't stop working. But don't tell me it's like, yeah, this is this is going to happen overnight because that's what they said with the last uh, consoles, and it never happened. I'm sorry. It's I just, don't think anyone's saying it's, it's like going to happen overnight. But what we're saying like, is that it's going to be a good thing. <laughs> I feel like if we well, had just said low end, ultra low end PCs, Gordon would be totally fine with all of this. <laughs> yeah, For like what? the 4700G, just, equip it with an SSD. Guess what? You know, that's the common denominator now. I'm just, no, I mean, I'm just kind of like, man, I just, you, you have your heart broken so many times. Gordon, you, you know, <laughs> wait, you're the one who told me that you're like, you, I don't feel any sense of betrayal here. Like, you know, no, I don't feel betrayed. Like I just expect it to happen. Like we all hope for the best, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> but again, this, just like... I'm just saying you don't, you, I don't feel like, <laughs> and I don't feel, I don't feel like, I don't blame AMD. I don't blame Alienware. I think they had their best intentions. They really wanted to do it. In the end, they couldn't do it for technical and business and financial reasons. It just didn't work out. They really wanted to do it. But I don't, what I don't truck with is somebody telling me <laughs> you need to buy eight core 16 threads. You need to buy PCIe 5 SSD because let me tell you, it's going to change gaming. You know, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, nobody, like nobody's, saying, nobody's that. saying that, dude. Nobody's saying that. <laughs> They're basically saying like, we are trying to future proof you because we know that you're going to hang on to this console for a while. Also, here's another good ray tracing thing, right? Developers forever have wished they could do real time ray tracing. Now they're having the opportunity to do that. Developers have always had wished that they could just target an SSD and not worry about slow hard drives. Now they have the opportunity to do that for the mass market. So that's the analogy there. Anyway, I have a question that you can or, uh, answer from Rare, uh, who asked uh, a while ago, uh, is there a reason Asus got rid of that awesome vent that opens up these Zephyrus laptops? Uh, you know, when you, when you 
open up the lid that it kind of opens up the vent at the bottom your review on the laptop made a huge impression on me i thought laptop cooling was going to be changed forever you know i haven't actually specifically asked them why but you know they they probably moved away from it because there is a level of mechanical complexity to that so you add mechanical complexity by having that hinge the pop open thing that was really cool design to basically vent the whole bottom of the laptop my guess is people were breaking them. Yeah. And you know, and yeah. you know how it is when people break them? Wasn't my fault. Well, I didn't do it. You made a bad product. Yeah. You need to give me a new laptop because yeah. I broke it. Some and that's people, Some yeah. people are surprisingly hard on their gear. Yeah. Like and they have, don't Yeah. We have one person they don't, in our office where we we sometimes look at the review units and we're like, well, "What happened?" <laughs> Yeah, and it was cool. I like it. You know, and again, I liked it. You know, that's, I, I applaud them for, for swinging for the fences. Asus did this, what, about three years ago? They had a water-cooled laptop. So it was a laptop was cool. with, with an external button. radiator, the bubble butt. It was pretty cool. I, I think they I remember sold, we shot that video. Yeah. We shot that video. I think they probably, sh- I don't know if they ever sold it, but I'm, I know when I talked to them, they say, hey, we shipped it. Well, you shipped it to who? You shipped one to NVIDIA and one to Intel. That was it. But, <laughs> It was a cool idea, but, you know, I will say there was a very slight amount of, you know, obviously it didn't work out, but water cooling in a laptop would make a huge difference for people that really don't move their gaming laptop anymore. But, you know, again, the curve of history with gaming laptops, you look at Max-Q, you look at these these thin Intel designs, the thin, right, you know, it's really hard to look at a 12-pound laptop and want that over a 6-pound laptop so that's every bit as fast, you know, so. But, yeah, I'm guessing everybody broke it and... And they ate a bunch of returns, and they're like, we're never going to do that again because they made us eat it. Uh, I will tell you, Intel and ASUS at one time, they were pushing a build-your-own laptop. Intel was pushing build-your-own all-in-one. And the reason why I was told they stopped doing that is because people kept breaking them. They tried to build it. They would break it. And then they would say, it's your fault. Give me another one. So. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, uh, CauseMC, we, we got a couple more. CauseMC has one for Brad. Uh, looking at the Digital Foundry video and the epic Unreal Engine 5 tech demo, I can already hear my GPU and CPU starting to cry. Does this look like the beginning of the end for the IGP and Ryzen 3 i3 gaming? I mean, like Gordon was just saying, things always scale on the PC. What you're looking at is you know, an idealized dream running at 30 frames per second at 1440p on the PlayStation, which is going to not real games aren't going to realistically look like that for four or five years. Cause like, if you look back, Hayden did a great piece on this, actually. Uh, if you look back at the unreal engine four demo infiltrator, yes, games look like that now, but it took three or four years for games to start to look like that. And on the PC, we have scalable, you know, graphics quality. It's, it's, I, I wouldn't fret too much about it. Yeah. Game developers want to sell to more customers, not fewer customers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have some, uh, I think, I think some advice. Uh, hopefully they're still here and can kind of, uh, expand on this a little bit. Blue Kid gave us $10 way earlier in the show but asked us to hold it for later. Uh, they want to use Dolby and DTS from their uh, 7.1 channel receiver uh, going into their uh, the OLED TV, uh, but they have a 2070 Super with only one HDMI port, uh, and 
it does not support uh, our, or Arc only supports two channels. Uh, what what do you think they should do to get uh, True Seven One into into their system from their PC? What's the best option? Do you say Arc, Adam? Yeah, at least they're saying that that Arc is only supporting two channels on the twenty seventy super they have. Hmm. I'm I'm not actually, frankly, familiar with that term. Do you? Do you oh, know oh, yeah, it's audio, audio return channel. Uh, oh, yeah. so it's only so we're talking about purely over the ACMI. Yeah, because yeah. the the yeah, sorry, it's 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 just jumbled a little bit. But they're saying the receiver can can't do 4K pass through, so they're having to hook directly up to their TV. But they need to get the audio back in uh, to the system. So, uh, or no, into the sorry, <laughs> into the receiver. So they usually use arc then out of the TV into the receiver, but it only supports two channel. Yeah, there's always been that. There's really been um, issues with PC hardware and consumer hardware and all the pass-throughs and all the, and a lot of that is because of the copper protection um, along the way. I would probably the best way to do that. So hopefully there's not a latency, but I would think go analog. Could you go? I one way you could do is analog. If your receiver has analog inputs, you could possibly go analog with. Uh, you know, a better quality sound card or even some onboard, you could go analog through uh, separate channels. Well, I'm hoping their motherboard probably supports SPDIF or optical. Yeah. Uh, so then, I mean, it, it's not it's not as easy because um, they use ARC because then you just have to worry about your receiver getting one channel and everything feeds into it. So I think you would just have to, to, have to switch uh, back and forth uh, and hopefully go optical on that. Yeah, so that is the other way. I'm looking at the brand new Sound Blaster AE5 Plus. Sorry, been really busy, but Stupid Digital, do they have? Yeah, so the other way is you you buy a sound card, and I don't know if this actually has digital, but you should be able to pass from a sound card using something called the Dolby Digital Live. Sometimes it's optional. You can basically take your uh, direct sound. Direct Sound 3D stream, encode it in real time, and pass it over your optical spitif. Um, I know that always sets off Elena and Brad, and that might be a way to do it. So if you're going to pass optical spitif using Dolby Digital Live, uh, it'll do real time encoding of this of the sources, and then the the receiver should be able to receive it. I don't know if I've ever seen the um, what's the one that has they have their object oriented. For audio too, who's got that? I guess there's a Dolby version and there's a there's a DTS. There's a Dolby version for it. so the receiver, if it supports whatever their object-oriented uh, audio is on your PC, you could try that way. But I don't think it'll work. I think probably your best bet is to run optical spit up. Well, one is is, is analog because there's an analog hole, hopefully, and then the other the other way is to run optical spit up with Dolby Digital Live support, which encodes your Dolby Digital stream to that uh, optical spit if and your receiver can understand it and pass it out to the, the satellites. Uh, yeah, hopefully that, that helped. It's it's a weird troubleshooting thing. I think they're trying to make it as easy as possible. Um, anyway, uh, we have, uh, to finish it off, we actually have two... Uh, Star Trek related questions. Don't worry, none of them are about the, the original motion picture, uh, but Evoca oh, <laughs> Evoke Cate Productions, Avocado Productions. I uh, gave us five dollars and said, uh, "Any of you nerds watch the new Picard series?" 
I have not. Um, I was waiting for it to be released, like done with the first season, so that I could kind of just watch it all at once. That's how I like to do so, things too. Yeah. Yeah. So I have not yet. I think it is now. Yeah, it's I think done. So you know. Well, they they, they say they cried like a baby. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I only watched the first episode, and then I watched some YouTube clips on it, and it's just... I mean, I'm a hardcore Star Trek nerd, and it was a little hard to take, because it was just so different. Yeah, if I've heard it's a lot different, for sure. I mean, it's just because Star Trek was always the Gene Roddenberry, the future is always bright, you know, and that sort of utopian view of the world, and it felt like this sort of after that first episode really just kind of like... Just not not that utopian, and then just yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I, I don't know how we're, we're ever going to get back there. I think I would if I could go back in time. I would live in the Star Trek that in that day. I don't think you can. I don't think you can redo Star Trek for the modern era. I just think it. I don't think it it works. You know. I just hate this concept of every uh, television station and channel and company thinking they need their own 5 to $10 a month service. So I haven't watched it because I'm not paying CBS to watch CBS shows. But that's why you wait? That Now it's complete? You do the one-month trial? <laughs> Actually, yeah, we were waiting for this, and then we're also then going to binge the new Twilight Zone series, too. So, yeah, we, we just waited till all the ones we wanted to <laughs> see get done and get the, the trial. <laughs> um, okay, well... Sometimes it feels like you should just leave it, you know, it's like trying to trying to remake star wars it's just kind of like like every time it just gets worse and worse and then it just turns into more i, see, I still want to see the mandalorian i still haven't done the one month trial thing for the mandalorian but i, yeah. I tend to at some point see that's the thing is the mandalorian worked well because it's it, it feels like you're in the star wars universe it worked well rogue one i think really worked mm-hmm. well because it felt like you were in the Star awesome. Wars universe. It was honestly the best of the Star Trek movies, and it pains me having to say that because, you know, I know the person who wrote the uh, the screenplay for it, and he's... Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. He said things not kind to well, the DC he, he, before. He wrote, he wrote the first draft. First, the first draft. But I, yeah, I just feel like sometimes yeah. you can't... It's it's really hard. It's like they they had Star Trek, the original series, and then they made this horrible, horribly received first movie that almost killed everything. And then they had somebody else redo it again, and they did it right. And it's so hard to do the second war version that works right. I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. Are you talking about Gary? <laughs> Gary Witta, yeah. yeah. Just name that. Speaking, name those I don't names. care because speaking of Gary Witta, uh, you're saying one how awesome the movie is. So hey, I'm just not just not naming names, but uh, he has an awesome, awesome show on Twitch and his YouTube channel called Animal Talking that's been kind of blowing up. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> he basically recreated a late-night talk show scenario in the basement of his Animal Crossing home, and he has people fly in, and they do, like, stand-up, and he has, like, a band that does that's jokes, awesome. and they have musical guests and stuff. And it's super awesome, and it's been blowing up to the extent that he's starting to get guests like Elijah Wood and T-Pain and stuff on nice. it. Nice. Yeah. So and it's that- super fun. My kid doesn't care about video game culture, anything that they're talking about, but she watches it with me just because it's a funny show. So check it out. Uh, and we're talking Gary Witta. It's great. It's, and my, yeah. my issue is years ago, uh, Gary Witta is a former editor of PC gamer. He built a gaming PC and he used, uh, obviously a, a page for my playbook was you buy the cheap ass power supply in it. Well, one day that cheap ass power supply finally blew up and Gary Witta got angry at the PC platform. 
because he used a cheap-ass power supply, writing off PC gaming, saying he was going to go to consoles, and this is what's wrong with the PC. Whereas it's because he bought a cheap-ass power supply. Well, now he's hosting a talk show in a console game, so it worked out for him. (laughs) Yeah. I tried to ban him from the PC. And then people always thought that was insane because what do you mean? stop them at the <laughs> I door? I said the PC was open. It is. And it's open for me to say he should be banned <laughs> from the PC. That doesn't sound like freedom. That's freedom. Sound like openness and freedom. My freedom is I say, well, because clearly, you know what? Yuri Widda went back and got a better PC and he loves mm-hmm. PC gaming <laughs> again. But clearly buying that cheap ass power supply bit him and then being angry at the PC for that. It's. I'm sorry. That's is. You know. All right. Last question. But Rogue One, best ever. They should have let Gary do all of the Star Wars movies. If you know, honestly, Gordon, maybe he was taking your advice about going cheap on the power supply. He was, but you know what? I there's a caveat. You know what? You're buying a cheap ass power supply. There's a risk. Don't go and like blame the PC or blame the vendor or get angry or like I wasn't doing nothing. You should give me a brand new power supply and a new PC and a new graphics card. Whatever. Uh, you take the shortcuts, you you buy it. All right, last question. Dennis Severian uh, says uh, uh, you can only have one of these four fictional Star Trek technologies. Which would you choose? Replicator, hollow suit, transporter, or warp drive? Gordon, what what do you what would you take? Oh boy! I mean, I think the transporter is the coolest one. They are all eh, warp. No, I'm going to say warp drive, not that useful, because I'm going to guess the rest of the entire universe is like here, and you don't want to go visit it. <laughs> Transporter is useful for traveling. Replicator is great because, like, hey, I, I won a 3080 Ti. Computer, 3080 Ti, hot. Right? You just get it? That's pretty nice. No, not hot. And obviously, but clearly <laughs> know, there's no... <laughs> there's clearly no uh, intellectual property in the 23rd century. So I think that's that's probably the transporter. What was the other one? Uh, hollow suit. Oh, hollow 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 deck. Hollow deck. Yeah. yeah. Now we have that in VR. I would definitely take. Boy, yeah, I think replicator. I would take the replicator because ah. I wouldn't travel that much anyway. So and you're not supposed to travel now anyway. So I would take replicator. Yeah, that's my pick too. I yeah. I can just be I like, want... oh, do I want? Do I didn't want a donut? Yeah, make me a donut. <laughs> That's that's the reason I would pick Replicator, just because it could end world hunger. Oh, there you go. I, Not just donuts. I am all for the Replicator, because you also are forgetting that the Replicator doesn't just do food. I think it does other objects as well. Sure. So. Yeah, I just food is where my mind goes. It's lunch. <laughs> E550 motherboard. Yeah. It'll do that. Yeah, give I, me the uh, new motherboard. Well, the thing is, when they said transporter, my first thought was, like, are we talking about original series transporter? Because, mm, no thank you. <laughs> that, that stuff has not had its bugs that was worked janky. out yet. Yeah. What do you mean? No. True. The original series, there was never a transporter accident in the entire run of the series. The series, it was only... sure, but the movie. Well, that doesn't count. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean... Eleni, what you, what you else is wrong? <laughs> warp drive didn't you work. You did that on purpose. <laughs> I didn't work. Transporter didn't work. Damn phasers didn't even work. Like, nothing worked. You know what else didn't work? Script didn't work. Storyline <laughs> didn't work. Right, nothing check worked. Back next week for Acting your... didn't work. And I, actually, next week we have a, a special guest. We, uh, oh, yeah. we should confirm things, and then we'll tell people in Discord first. You'll hear it first over there. So something special next week. Yeah. We're going to take this out? Let's do it. <laughs> 
Check back next week for your fix of PC Talk and the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, please leave a review. Every time you do, uh, maybe we'll get one more generation of CPU support from either Intel or <laughs> AMD. Also, same questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios, yo. Eleni Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray will mercifully hit the off <laughs> button. And go eat some lunch. Next time. Bye, everybody. Donuts. Donuts.